0: I want to just introduce Pastor Marcus and Pastor Paige. They are uh, working now in the church. They've joined us. They've been here a month, if you haven't realized. So come on up, you guys. But I just want to introduce them. They are taking on the responsibility oversight in the church for all the life groups and small groups, uh, interest groups that are going to be established. They are seasoned pastors. They have led multiple churches uh, from planting them to taking over churches. And they are going to be with us year, two years, somewhere, like that. And then they're going to plant a new church in Edinburgh.
1: Amen.
0: All right. Amen. So they are going to grace and release some stuff in our church. Ready for them to go. So we need to grab hold recognize the giftings and the grace and the acceleration that's going to bring. You see, when you add grace to grace, and the uh, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, you have all of it, not just a part of it. I know I carry some giftings. I make no apologies for those. I know I carry them, but I know I don't carry others. And so as we bring grace to grace, there's multiplication. So are you ready?
1: Amen. We're ready. (laughs) Hallelujah. There's my beautiful wife. Why don't you all thank her for being here? I tell you what, she is a blessing in my life. Thank God for her. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. I'm going to begin reading in verse 37. Luke chapter 10 and verse 37. There's a good possibility it may be on the screens. I threw it in at the last second. This is really a a story that Pastor Allen shared in the message. Uh, last week, Face to Face 2. How many of you enjoyed the series Face to Face? Yeah. had not it been good? Yeah. Excuse me, how many of you enjoyed the series Face to Face? Hasn't it been good? Yeah. yeah, it has. It's been great. I've gotten so much out of it. And then verse 37, it says, And he said, he showed mercy, and then Jesus said, Go, do likewise. Now it came to pass that as he went, he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was busy, cumbered about with much serving. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you even care? My sister has left me to do all this alone. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are careful, troubled, worried, anxious about a lot of things. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, and it shall not be taken away from her. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your service this morning. We thank you for your spirit and presence in this place. Father God, you said that the sower sows the word. And we thank you today as we sow the word, as we sow the truth, it brings revelation. It's a seed. It brings light. It catches hold today. Oh, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen you know we see this story and what martha was doing was important everybody say it was important
0: important.
1: but did you realize that sometimes important things aren't necessary that moment there's a difference between what is important and what is necessary my wife really believes it's necessary to brush your teeth in the morning any women saying amen to that my wife has told me husband It is necessary that you brush your teeth if you want to kiss in the morning. Amen. I have gone in many times, and she moves away, and I go, what's wrong? She said, your breath is like a dragon. (laughs) See, I think brushing teeth is important, but she believes it's necessary. My my dentist believes it's necessary to get my teeth clean. I believe it's important. See, necessary is it is required at that moment. It is necessary every day that we get face to face with Jesus. It is. You become who you hang out with.
2: That's right. That's
1: right. Paige and I have been married for several years now, and she uses my phrases and I use her phrases. Why? Because we've become the same person. That's right. Our daughter, who's 19, says, Oh no, I've become my mother. I use her phrases.
2: That's
1: right. You become or act like the people you hang out with. And that's what this series is all about face to face. Get with Jesus every single day. Because as you do, then his heart, his passion, his purpose, his desires go from him to you. Yes,
2: they do.
1: And when you get face-to-face up really close, all of a sudden you can't see anything else. That's right. I can get a kiss. I brush my teeth. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) See, when you are close and face-to-face... Then all of a sudden, you forget the world's problems. You forget the things you've got going on that day. And all of a sudden, his heart becomes your heart. His passion becomes your passion. His desires become your desires when you get face to face. See, that's what Jesus did. Jesus got face to face with God. He got face to face with his Father every single day, reading the Scriptures about all the times he pulled away and he prayed all night. I mean, all night, not for 30 minutes, not for an hour, but all night long it said that he prayed and he was face-to-face with his father, with his dad. And then it also says, Jesus said this of himself. He says, what I hear my father say, I say. What I see my father do, I do. Why was he able to do that? Because he spent time face-to-face. See, that's what we're called to do. Get face-to-face with Jesus. And then when you leave his face and you get face-to-face with others, you'll take something, you'll carry something, and you'll deposit it Amen. into them.
2: Yes.
1: That's a nugget right there, isn't it? That is. You get face-to-face with him, you will deposit things from the heart of the Father into them. You know, I like what it says over here in 1 John 3.8. And, and in the very end of it, it says, For this purpose... For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose. Everybody say, everybody say purpose. purpose. See, Jesus understood why he existed. Yes. Jesus understood why he was here. Jesus was on a mission, and Jesus had a purpose. Yes, he did. And he knew what it was. Yes, he, did. he said, I came to destroy the, work. the works. That word there, to destroy, means to untie and loosen you from the devil's dominion. That's right. Yeah. That's right. To set you completely yeah. free. Yeah. I like what it says also here in the book of Timothy. It says he wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. See, God the Father wants everyone saved. Everybody say everyone. everyone. It's not just a certain group of people, not just chosen. here. He wants everyone saved. Yeah. Everyone. Then he wants them to come to know the truth, yes. understand it. Yes. Not only does he want you to be born again, but now he wants you to grow up and understand what you got. Yes. Yes. And that's his desire for everybody on the planet.
2: Yes.
1: Everybody say everyone. everyone. Say it like you mean it this time, everyone. everyone. Yeah, he wants everyone. Everyone in Media City, everyone in Salford, everyone in greater Manchester, it is His desire and will for them to be saved. Come on, yes. Come on. Come on now. Yes. It's His will, it's His desire, it's His plan. Yes. Hell was not created for people, hell was created for the devil and his angels. Yes. Heaven was created for us. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Everybody. That's right. Everyone. Yes. Everyone. Verse 6, he gave his life to purchase freedom. Freedom. Are you free? Indeed. Have you been bought with a price? Have you accepted Christ? I'm here to tell you, you're no longer bound, but you are free. You have authority over the devil. He doesn't have authority over you. Can I get an amen? But then Jesus said it best over there in Luke. Jesus said, for this purpose, this reason, I've come. The Son of Man's been manifested to seek and to save the lost. That's a pretty simple mission statement. I came to seek and I came to save. Seek means you've got to find them. Seek means you gotta, they're, they're, you got to go look for them. See, the church finds the lost. The lost doesn't find the church. Come on now. See, so we're, we're, we're supposed to go find them. And the thing about Jesus that I think is extremely important to realize is the reason he was able to fulfill his purpose is because he had a heart or a passion for his purpose. Yeah. The first point I want you to get today, and the first thing that's going to be up on the screen, is I want you to make sure that you get it. Jesus was able to fulfill his purpose because he had a heart for his purpose. Yeah. He had a passion. Yeah. He had a love. Yeah. He had a drive. He yeah. had a desire. Have you ever seen anybody had a passion for Man united? I met somebody the other day. They got a passion. Now, don't stone me. I wasn't promoting them. But I'm here to tell you, they had a passion. They bought a place right by the stadium so they could come up and spend the night and then go watch the games. I'm here to tell you, that's passion. That's a heart. That's a desire. See, Jesus fulfilled his purpose. And I'm here to tell you, his purpose is our purpose. She said, i got to get about the Father's business. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Now you go likewise. Baptize them in the name of Jesus, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, and then teach them. And he took that purpose, and he gave it to you.
2: Yeah.
1: And he gave it to me. Yeah. Everybody say, his, purpose, his is
2: purpose. Is my purpose is my purpose.
1: You know, my occupation is that of a minister, a pastor, an evangelist, but that's not my purpose. That's my job, that's my occupation, that's my gifting. Inside that job occupation is a purpose to everybody I come in contact with seek and save, disciple and develop. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care if you're an accountant, a teacher, a lawyer, doctor, you have an occupation, but inside that occupation you have a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. To seek and save, disciple and develop everybody you come into contact with. In Luke 15... I believe you see Jesus' heart. I believe you see why he was able to do what he did. And in Luke 15, verse 1 in the Amplified, I want to read this. And and set up the scene about Jesus' heart, how he feels. And it says in verse 1, Now the tax collectors and the notorious and especially wicked sinners were all coming near to Jesus to listen to him. Everybody say notorious. That means you got a reputation. I'm here to tell you, the really, really good sinners like to hang out with Jesus. (laughs) The ones who had a reputation, they thought it was cool to be with Jesus. The religious people didn't like it. Matter of fact, the sinners would hang out with Jesus, and the religious people would talk about Jesus. He said, notorious and wicked. And the Pharisees and the scribes kept muttering, mutter, mutter, mutter. And indignantly complaining, saying, this man accepts and receives and welcomes preeminently wicked sinners. So he's in this crowd. They're muttering. They're talking behind his back. And then Jesus, in that scene, unpacks his heart for people. Yeah. Yeah, and so he shares three stories. First of all, it's the lost sheep. He said there's a shepherd. He had 99 that were found but he had one that was missing. Father God is distracted by the lost. He's distracted by every empty seat this morning because there's somebody that was designed by him to be here. When something is valuable to you, it distracts you. And it causes you then to drop everything and go after it. I gave... Page a wedding ring when we got married and and gave her an engagement ring. She takes them off. She puts them on the sink every day and washes her hands. We were in a hotel one time. She put the rings where she always does. She washed her hands. She lotions up. She goes to put the rings back on her hands, and all of a sudden, because of the lotion, you hear I'm in the other part of the room. You hear the tink, tink. That means the two rings just fell in the sink. And it's almost like you can hear them going. And then you hear the plop, plop. <laughs> and then you hear the scream, oh, no. <laughs> They're valuable. I'm in there doing my best job to be a plumber and disconnect, pop it out, and there they are. Amen. Thank the Lord. Something's valuable. Yeah. He, said, he said, leave the 99, let's go find the one. Yeah. That was his heart. And then he says this. Then he says, when you find that sheep, you pick it up on your shoulders and you rejoice. Mm-hmm. And you go back. And then it says, it's like that in heaven. Every time a lost child, a lost person comes in and is saved, they have a party in heaven. Amen. I'm here to tell you, every Sunday morning, we ought to have a party. Yes. But it's not because we're here, but it's because a lost person comes in and they get saved. If we have a party for us, I'm here to tell you, I don't think God's too impressed with that. Nope. Yeah. He loves our music. It was amazing. The power of God was yeah, in this place man. this morning. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you, that's not what gets Jesus up in the morning. No. It's not your praise and my worship. He's not egocentric. Mm. He is selfless. Mm. And what gets him up every morning is say, okay, troops, go today. Go find that one lost. Go find yeah. them. And then secondly, it was the lost coin. This woman had had 10 pieces of silver. They were very valuable to her. She loses one. She tears the house upside down until she finds that one, and she celebrates and rejoices over that one that has found. When was the last time we ripped through the house to find that one lost? When was the last time we left the 99 and we went out to find the one? And then the one that is probably the most famous story of Luke 15 is the prodigal son. The son had left father's house. He finally comes to himself and realizes it's better in God's house. He comes to himself. And then over here in the message translation of Luke fifteen twenty, actually it's the NIV, it says this. So the son got up and went to his father. And while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Yeah. Notice where the father was. Notice the father wasn't in the house. Notice the father hadn't kicked back and, and was doing other things, but it said the father was on the porch. Yeah. It was like every day he he was looking for his son. Yeah. And notice when the son did appear, he didn't stay on the porch, he got off the porch. And he ran. Yeah. Everybody said he ran. He ran. he ran. he ran. And he grabbed him and kissed him and hugged him. Put a ring on his foot to signify that he's my son. Put the robe on him. He ran to him. Yeah. Don't miss the word though. It said that the father saw him and was filled with compassion. Yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. He was filled with compassion. Jesus has compassion, has a heart. It drives him. And when you spend time face-to-face with Jesus, his compassion becomes your compassion. His heart becomes your heart, and it drives you. He had compassion. I love Matthew nine thirty six, and it says over here, but when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, for they were sheep who were laid down and fainted without a shepherd. Yes. And it moved him. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, heart, passion, desire, it moves you. Yes. It moves you into a place. And it consumes you in the right way to go out and get off Come on. your comfort level and get off the front porch yes. and get out among the people. See, today we live in is a day where you've got to get out of the church and get amongst the people. Yeah. Yeah. Today is the day where you've got to take the heart and the purpose that God has for people and get off the front porch and get with the people. That's
2: right. That's right.
1: But what gets you off the porch is you spent time that morning with Jesus in Luke 15, and all of a sudden you have such a great compassion. Now you're doing it not out of duty, but now you're doing it out of heart.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: On, yeah. Duty never works. Heart always does. Yeah. Duty will take no for an answer. Heart never will. That's right. You gotta have a heart. That's right. This morning I was burdened down and so so heavy for the lost. I walked up to the green room and I began to break out in tears because I could just feel the weight yeah. Yeah. of souls. Yeah. Oh, but praise God, we have power. Yeah. Praise yeah. God, we have a message. Yeah. Praise God, we got good news. Yeah. We don't get down under the weight. We take it we take off with passion and desire. Yeah. See, the lost are not people that have just been misplaced. You know, Paige misplaced some earrings one time and we tore the truck upside down trying to find those earrings. Have y'all ever done that before? She just, thank you for yes, I appreciate that. She lost some some cross earrings that she just got. She tears it upside down. One time I was geographically lost. And I had to call a friend and say, hey, find me. But I'm here to tell you, the lost cannot find themselves. Okay. Point number two, up on the screen. The found must find the lost. Yeah. I think sometimes the church expects people to find us. No, we're supposed to go out and find them. Right. On, you know, if God wants them in our church, he'll send them. No, he told you to go out and get them and come.
2: Yeah, that's
1: right. Come on now. He said, get up and get out and go for That's it. Right. That's right. It. I love this. The found must find the lost. The lost cannot find themselves. One time I got lost in, the, in Wyoming. I went to a bonfire. I was a pastor at a church, went to a member's house. And I'm here to tell you, in Wyoming, it's all flat and desolate. Yeah, it is. And I got on some dirt roads and I got lost. A guy drives by and says, hey, pastor, I know the way. Follow me. So I follow him in my car. Five minutes later, I pull up and said, you're lost, aren't you? He said, yeah, I'm lost. (laughs) Finally, we got cell service. I said, Jerry, where is your ranch? He said, Pastor, where are you? Uh, There's a tree. There's a cow. I know exactly where you are. I'll be right there. He came and 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 I said, Bruce, you follow me. I'm following Jerry. He knows where he's going. (laughs) Folks, you know where you're going. And they don't. It's time for the church to get outside of the church and bring them in. Because God's way is to send you to them rather than sending them to you first way. You've got to be found. you got to go out. And I like to say it this way. I like to say that in your life, you run into five different circles of people every single day that God the Father expects you to find out if they're lost or are they found. Lost means they have been; de- they are being destroyed. Lost means they are perishing. Lost means in their sins they are separated from God and they are going to live eternally in hell or the lake of fire if somebody does not That's rescue right. them. Right. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. But see, he uses you and he uses me. You are the FedEx of heaven. You are the royal male of heaven. Yeah. You are the messenger, and you do have the good news. That's right. That's right. But there are five circles that you travel in every day that God expects you to share your faith. Yeah. You're responsible for your Franks. I'm not responsible for mine. I call it Frank. It's an acronym. First one, F is for friends, people you play with. People you hang out with every single day. God expects you to be a light to your friends. How about ours? It's for relatives, people you're stuck with. <laughs> There's an old saying, you cannot choose your family. But I'm here to tell you, he wants you to go to that family reunion because you're the light, you're the salt, you've got the word.
2: That's
1: right. That's hey, associations, people you work with, people you bump into every single day just because you happen to be there Then N is for neighbors, people you're close to. Do you know the person that lives in that flat beside you? Do you know if they go to church? Do do you know if they have a relationship with God? How about that person beside you? How about the person behind you? And then last is kids' connection. That's the people that you hang out with while your kids are playing games or singing or doing an activity. There are all these circles, and your circles are different from my circles. And did you realize you need to evangelize your circles before you go to the world? That's right. He said, go, go to Jerusalem, then go to Samaria, then go to Judea, then go to the uttermost parts of the earth. I don't think you're really qualified to go to the other parts of the earth until you've gone ahead and shared with the people in your circles yeah. the people that are near yeah. to you. Yeah. Everybody say, find Frank. Fine. 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 Yeah, you got to find him, you got to go look for him you got to find your friends, your relatives. you got to inspect. So how do you do that? So I want to give you three steps that Jesus gives us to how to share our faith with our friends, our relatives, and the people we come in contact with every single day. You know, I find a lot of people don't share the faith because they just don't know how. Or they don't have a plan or they don't have direction. So Jesus gave us a plan. Jesus gave us direction. Number one, Jesus said, Connect before you direct you got to connect with people. Yeah. Luke 19 and 2, the verse is up there. I'm not going to read it for, for time. But Jesus was walking through the crowd, and a guy by the name of Zacchaeus got up in a tree to look and to see Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus stopped and said, Zacchaeus, you notorious, dirty dog sinner, you tax collector, you get down here and repent. No, he didn't. No, that's not what he said. What did he say? Hey, Zach, let's do lunch. Yeah. yeah. Everybody say, hey, let's do lunch. lunch. Sinners loved Jesus. But do you know why? Because of this. People don't care what you know till they know that you care. They knew that Jesus loved them. Jesus didn't come up and tell them everything they did wrong. He said, let's hang out. Are you sick? Come over here. Let me pray for you. You have to have a heart for people. You know, I was uh, invited to go hang out with some people from the place we live, the apartment building we live, and there was about a dozen of us hanging out, just fellowshipping at a restaurant here in town. And I sat down by, by a gentleman, and this guy's anti-God. Not just a little, I mean a lot. But he said this, and I felt it was remarkable. There's There's a... A person from our church who was part of that group and has become friends with this couple, they've had challenges in their lives, he said, I'm not sure what to do about her and about this God thing. (laughs) He actually said that to me, but he said, but she cares about me. She cares about my wife. They even visited our community fun day, which I thought was amazing, especially after I met him. Why? Because she cared. Yeah. She connected. Yeah. We had a guy come to our church one time in Wyoming, mm-hmm. and after a few minutes, I'm sitting there doing the membership class, and I realized he didn't want to be there. No, he did You ever, ever seen people in church who just didn't want to be there? <laughs> Everybody say Amen. Amen. And I realized he's there because of his wife. And finally, he said, "Look, preacher, I don't I don't need none of this. You just you just you just do your thing. I came because of the wife." Yeah. When well, we made a ch- A point to connect with him every time he came in the building. I'd go over and I'd shake his hands. I'd go over and ask him how things were going at at work. After a while, he would come up and tell me jokes. He loved to tell jokes. I wish I could remember them. (laughs) But he would he would tell me a joke, and then we would notice he started coming to church more often. He even started swaying with the music. (laughs) Every now and then you might see him go a little half mass. <laughs> he never went full mass, but he went half mass, you know. And and then I looked at Paige because every Sunday I gave an altar call. Every Sunday we said the sinner's prayer out loud. Yes. Yeah. Every Sunday. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You gotta bring people, or you're gonna get saved every week. Better bring some lost, because yeah. we're gonna do it every week yeah. like clockwork. Yeah. So I looked at her and I said, you know, I guess he got saved. I guess Mister C's born again. So one Sunday at the end of my service, I just felt impressed to go over to a section. I said, somebody in here really needs to give their heart to Jesus today. I had everybody standing. And Go ahead and stand up, Barney. And Mr. C was standing beside Barney. He literally gets on the chairs and crawls out of where he was sitting and jumps down. This guy's a military guy. They don't do that for anybody. He starts doing this. Military people don't do that.
2: <laughs>
1: and I looked at him, I said, Mr. C, what's going on? He said, i got to give my heart to Jesus yes. now.
2: Yes.
1: He grabbed my hand, I grabbed him. He said, he said the sinner's prayer, and I'm here to tell you the place went yes. bockers. Yes. It went oh, wild. Awesome. Jumping yes. and shouting, you would have thought yes. we were in heaven. Because yes. one lost soul had come home. Yes. Wow. And everybody had been connecting with Mr. C. Yeah. Everybody had been pouring their heart into Mr. C. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he got it. Yes, he did. Thank you. Jim. When you connect, and they understand how much you care about them, it opens them up yes, to receive.
2: Yes, it does.
1: You know, the gentleman who's been talking to our church member, he doesn't realize, but he's opening himself up. Yeah. He's getting more than he thinks. Yeah. There are seeds that are being sowed yeah. and being planted, and they're coming up. Yeah.
2: That's right. We're
1: praying for him. Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. He's coming in. He's coming in. Number two, Jesus said this, look for an opportunity to share your story. Over there in the message translation, Mark 5, 18 and 20, there's a scripture that's going to come up. And basically what happened is there was a guy who had a reputation called the madman of Gadara. How would you like to have the reputation, you're the madman? said, the madman of Gadara. And Jesus came and cast the devil out of him. All of a sudden, he's normal. All of a sudden, he is doing great. He wants to go hang out with Jesus because Jesus set him free. Yeah. But notice what Jesus said. And Jesus was getting into the boat, and the demon-delivered man begged to go alone. But he wouldn't let him. Jesus said, go home to your own people I say the friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, and kids' connections. Go to your own people and tell them your story. Everybody say, tell them your story. Tell them your story. Now say it like you mean it. Tell, tell them your story. story. Tell them. Yeah, tell them. tell them. They don't know your story unless you tell them your story. Yeah. And it says he became the talk of the town. He began to proclaim everywhere, how oh, used to be the madman of Gadara. I'm now the evangelist from Gadara, and I've been set free. And he started telling his friends, his family, his anybody listen, and Jesus came back to Decapolis and had a healing crusade. Yes, he did. You wonder why? Yeah. It's because the madman became the evangelist from Gadara. Yeah. Yeah. Mark 4, 14 says, but the sower sows the word. the word. That's not a prosperity passage, folks. That's a sow the word salvation passage. Yeah. It does apply in certain areas. But I'm here to tell you, he said, go sow the word. Yeah. You know, I've never gone up to a farmer. I used to grow I grew up in the country. And I've never gone up to a farmer who is standing in front of a nicely plowed field, gorgeous and mackly plowed field, and he's just standing there. "Hey buddy, what's up?" He said I'm looking for my harvest. "Oh, really?" I said, "Well, I noticed your neighbor, his harvest is really good though. The corn's up, he's picking the corn." He said, "Yep, that's why I'm looking for my harvest." And then I'd say to this guy, uh, "When did you plant the seed?" What are you talking about? I didn't plant no seed. And if that happened, I would take him by the side and say, I'm so sorry. You've been in the sun too long. You don't get a harvest till you plant a seed. That's right. That's right. There are churches looking for a harvest, but there ain't no seed. That's right. What's the seed? Your story. Yes. What's the seed? Your story. One plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. Revelations twelve, eleven. He says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, not the word of your confession, but the word of your testimony, folks. I've got a testimony. I love to tell it when anybody meets me and my wife, I love to tell them the fact that I was forty two years old. My first wife went home to be with Jesus. I am skinny. You think I'm thin now? You should have seen me then. I'm bald and I have no goatee. That's not a good condition to be in. I have a little baby girl. I remember the first night after everybody left, I'm with her, and I'm trying to get her ready for church for the next day. The weather's gotten cold. We have nothing but summer clothes. And I remember sitting there crying because I didn't know what to do for my baby. Tragedy, defeat, it hit my house. But God had a plan. Yeah. A few months later, this lady walked into my church. We had a minister's meeting. She walked in. I went, yes, Lord, let her be the one.
2: <laughs>
1: and I went from tragedy to triumph. I went from de- defeat to victory. Yeah, that's it. God knew what I needed. Yeah. My baby girl didn't need to grow up without a mommy. Yeah. Now she's 19 years old. She's in university. She's doing great. And her, fi- her fingerprints are all over that little girl.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Love, care of a mama. See, God does care. If God did it for me, he'll do it for you. Right. In less than two minutes, I shared a story that anybody would listen to and understand how much God loves them. Yeah. So you've got the same stories. Yeah,
2: that's right.
1: You've got the same things that have happened in your life. And all you've got to do is let her rip potato chip. That's right. Let it go. Tell them how good God has been in your life. Amen. See, I like this phrase here. We are to be seed sowers, not just soul winners. We, say we sow the seed, Jesus saves the soul. Right. But without any seed, there's not the saving of the soul. Right. So as a church, we want to make sure, number one, we connect. People need to know we love them and we care. Number two, got to tell them our story. we got to sow some seed. That's right. Every time you come in contact with one of the people in your circle, look for an opportunity to share a testimony and what God has done in your life. Amen. It will change their life. Yes, it will. And then number three, number one, connect. Number two, share your story, sow some seed. Number three, invite them to a place where they have a face-to-face encounter with God. Everybody say face to face. Jesus is to be experienced and encountered. Jesus is to be felt and understood. I'm here to tell you, anybody who came in here and believed there is no God this morning, if they were in this service, they could sense that God was alive and Jesus was here. Amen. Because of the presence and the power. Remember the mission statement of this wonderful, amazing church? WHBC mission statement. We exist so people can encounter Jesus. Yeah. Every Sunday morning, people should be following you to church because of your testimony, because of your love, because of your life. They should be following you to church so they can experience Jesus. Yeah. See, God the Father wants his house full. He, does. he wants his house full of people. Right. Point number four, the Father wants his house to be full. full. Everybody say, fill her, up. Fill, her up. fill her up. He wants it to be full. Yes, he does. Every empty seat today distracts me, yes. even though I have to say this is an amazing crowd today. I mean, there are more people here, I think, since I've been here. What an amazing crowd at the beginning of the holiday season. It's amazing. That means you're hungry. That means God's up to something. He really is. 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 See, in Luke 14, there's a story. And this this guy had this supper that he had prepared. He had this meal that was special. He wanted everybody to show up, but the people he invited did not come. And then we've got the verse there, Luke 14, 23. He told his servants, he said this. The master said, then go to the country roads. Whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full. Amen. Everybody say, drag them. Drag. That is scriptural. Thank you. Thank you very much. You. If you drag them next time I see you, you're being scriptural. Yeah. Three levels of the invitation. He wants his house full, but people need to be invited. So you gotta invite them. That number three, you gotta invite them, three levels of the invitation. Number one's the invite, number two is the compel, and number three is the bring. Mm, The woman at the well, she brought all the men to Jesus. Every Sunday, bring somebody to encounter the power and the love of God. I was pastoring a church one time and one of my church members, he was getting ready to depart and go to the other side. And he said, Pastor, I want you to do my funeral, but the majority of my family is lost. They're destroyed. They're perishing. They're separated from Jesus. At my service, please tell them how to get there. Please do an altar call, and please say the sinner's prayer. Well, I was going to do it anyway, but since he asked. And so the place was full. It was in our church, about this size, The place was was pretty comfortably full. And then I got to the end. I presented the gospel. I made sure people understood how good God was. See, that's what your story does. It clears up misunderstandings. Romans 2, 4, it's the goodness of God. See, it's the goodness of God. It's your story that changes the way they see God and the way they think. Everybody look at me. This is a great point. People don't know how good God is. People don't know that he loves them, and people don't know that he freely forgives, and they don't have to work to get into heaven.
2: That's right.
1: The price has already been paid. Yes. That's what you tell them. And so I told the people this. I asked if they wanted to get saved, and about 20 people stood up during that funeral and prayed the sinner's prayer and got born again. I noticed the man over here on the side. He sat down. The woman beside him got up. He stayed seated. Turned out the woman who got up was the man who we were doing his funeral. It was his sister. She got born again. Next Sunday, she's in church. I mean, matter of fact, a lot of them were in church next Sunday. Church growth at her funeral. I'm all for it. Amen. And so they started coming, and he started following her. And then the Spirit of God and the presence of God would get in there so deep, and you could see him grab the chair in front of him during the altar yeah. call and white knuckle it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was yeah. white knuckle. I mean, he wouldn't let go of that chair. Yeah, he if he's going to the front, the chair's going with him. <laughs> but every Sunday he gets in that presence. Yeah. Oh, Jesus right. is to be experienced. Yeah. Jesus to be yes. encountered. Yes. And we were constantly reaching out, constantly. So finally one Sunday I went up and said, okay, bud, what's the deal? I know you can sense God. What's up? I cornered him in the foyer. Mm -hmm. So, what's up, dude? He said, I'm too mean, Pastor. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. I'm too mean to get saved. I said, No, 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 no. Jesus died just for you. I got in on it, but you need to, too. If you had been the only person on the planet, he would have died regardless of what you've done. that's
2: right.
1: You see his lips start trembling. Yeah. Next week, presence of God hits that place. Mm-hmm. I mean, altar call time. He gets out of his seat, and he walks up, and he's in tears. This is a big, burly guy. If I'm in a fight, I want him beside me. <laughs> and he is literally standing here, yeah. And I'm looking at him, and there are so many tears that it's coming down his beard, coming off this huge, massive beard, and then it's yeah. dropping onto the floor. Yeah. Yeah. What? He experienced Jesus. Amen. Thank you he experienced it. how much God loved Love him. him. Yeah. Jesus is to be experienced. Yeah. But see, this church doesn't exist for the people inside this church. This church exists for the people outside this church. Yeah. This church doesn't exist for the people right here, but for the people in Media City and Salford, Langley, Bolton, wherever you are, yeah. your friends. This is why we're here. That's right. Sometimes we get so busy doing church, we forget to be the church. Yeah. The light, the salt, the love, the care. September the 4th, six weeks from now, we're going to have a service where it's all about the people you bring and it's not about us. That service will be about them. It won't be about this church. It'll be about the loss. and It'll be about how to present to them the truth of how much God cares for them. But we don't want it to stop September the 4th. We want it to be every single Sunday. Sunday. Come on. Yeah. We want to do it so quickly and see God do some amazing things because you connect, because you tell people your story, because you invite them to come to encounter the presence of God. To such a degree, we've got to go to two services yeah. in just yeah. a few no. months. Right. We've got to build that balcony. That's we got right. to do it. Yeah. Why do you get a bigger barn? Because you have a bigger harvest. Phew. Yeah. I'm here to tell you, you've stepped into something.
2: Yeah.
1: You are here for such a time as this, and you're in the right spot. Yes, you are. This is your home. This is your family. This is your church. You're in the right spot. You're in the right place for now. For now. The vision of World Harvest Bible Church. I love it. I think it's amazing. It's a three-word phrase. It says, together, love works. Together. Barney, Paige, would y'all stand up here real quick? Together. That means we put our arms, we lock, and we move together as one. We think the same, we speak the same, and we do the same. Together. Together, love. Love works. What does love do? Love gives, and love forgives. That's what it does. We have so much, we get to give it away. There's a great song and it talks about that. I'd sing it, but I can't sing. Got so much love, I got to give it it away. away. Your love, Your love, Father, this calls me, and I got to give it it away. away. Together, love works, folks. We got a job to do. Jesus said, "I got to be about my Father's business," but I got good news. When you get about the Father's business, He gets about your business. Oh, come on, you should have been jumping up and doing the Pentecostal thing. Yeah, when you get about his business, he gets about about your business. business. You'll find out if you start praying for people, your prayers get answered like that. You'll find out if you start laying hands on the sick, guess what? what That little little pain you had, it goes. Because all of a sudden now you're out giving and now you can receive. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I can't tell you how big this is in me. This church has been preparing for years.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's ready.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean you are. I I've worked at lots of churches, big churches. I've seen small churches become big churches. And it always takes people who have a heart, a passion and a vision and who are trained and prepared and the answer to those of those questions are you are.
2: That's right.
1: You have the heart. You are prepared. You have vision. And now we have direction. Now we have direction. I'm going to ask you to stand. Father, we thank you so much. How many of you believe this message was from God and it's for this church right now? How many of you are willing to commit to connect, to tell your story, and then bring them and invite them. How many of you are willing to do that? Raise your hand. You know, today, I've never done this like this, but I just saw it as I was in the prayer room. I feel it's important for us to get out of our seats today. And I want to pray a prayer of consecration and dedication over us and over this church, that we are fully sold out and fully committed so if you'd say, that's me, Pastor Marcus, I want you to get out of your chair, and I want us to pack the altar full of prayers of people who are committed. If you can't get up to the altar, then you can get in the, in the seats out there. But if you're saying, yes, I'm committing today, I'm praying today, then I want you to come down here, and let's pray. Get out of your seats. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we commit ourselves to the mission of this church. We commit ourselves right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the anointing that's on our pastorate, the spirit of faith that's rising up, the heart and the passion for the lost as they lead us, as they lead us. (laughs) For such a time as this. I want everybody to lift your hands and I want to pray a prayer. Father, impart to them vision. Impart to them compassion. Impart into this music team, Father God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, impartations, impartations by the Holy Spirit, impartations today. Oh, Father God, fill us full. Oh, today is the day, is the day, is the day. Oh, Father God, we, we thank you for this. Pray this prayer. Say this out loud with me. Say this. Dear Heavenly Father, I commit to pray, to pray for the lost. I I commit to connect to my people. I commit to share my story and to be a light. And I commit, I commit to bring them, to bring them so they can encounter Jesus. Father, right now I thank you that your spirit's moving in this church. It's moving. It's moving. It's moving. In Jesus' name. Say this. Say, I receive fresh vision. I receive fresh fire. I receive fresh anointing this morning in Jesus' name. Now give God praise, give God praise, shout for joy.